January 13th, 2021 was the day James Harden became a Brooklyn net buddy. If they didn't already know, let everyone know what we're talking about today. Jim, we got some expectations for you, friends. The <laughs> Brooklyn Nets have acquired one James Harden from the Houston Rockets. We lost our third star in Jared Allen. We picked up a third star in James Harden. Uh, listen, this kind of came fast and furious, wet and wild, but we're here now. And this elevates expectations. This elevates my excitement. Um, I'm ready to roll, right? James Harden. Let's, uh, to save the, the explicit tag, let's F and go. Jer- Karis, Karis LeVert heard you call Jared Allen the third star and just has a little what about me look in, off in the, back, in the background here. Karis LeVert, Jaris, I'm Jaris. Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, out <laughs> as Brooklyn. And Jer- out as Brooklyn Nets. James Harden coming in from the Houston Rockets. One of the more ground-shifting trades we've really had in the NBA in quite some time. And Brooklyn was at the center of it. We're going to break it all down on a wild Wednesday here, but first, theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team. It's every day. I'm Doug Norrie, head of the James Harden Fan Club, and that's Adam Armbrecht, co-owner of the James Harden, no, co-owner, co-sponsor, co-president of the James Harden Fan Club. Uh, And we are here breaking down all things Brooklyn Nets basketball. Buddy, how's it going? I'm I'm just a little confused because Harden plays for the Houston Rockets, so why are we we so interested in this, just to be clear? (laughs) I'm not sure uh, if I under burying the lead. Look, you got to you, uh, you live under a rock, or your head's in the sand, or whatever the proverbial place your head can be, or you can be living. If you don't know what's going on, we are coming to you night of what is probably going to be considered, when it's all said and done, for better or worse, one the of the greatest biggest trades day in, in Brooklyn Nets history. <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was going to choose my words a little bit more careful than that because I was going to say just one of the biggest trades in NBA history. Um, results independent, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, James Harden is traded from the Houston Rockets to the Brooklyn Nets in a day that was filled with will they or won't they? Where is he going? And it had you know as news ramps up in the way that it usually ramps up when it comes to the NBA, where it's uh, the competing woes versus shams bomb, uh, which you're kind of waiting for, and that was sort of where we were headed, and ultimately. We got there. We're going to walk back through the day. We're going to walk back through the trade. We're going to kind of do all that. But yeah, in the end, the the simple, you know, one one sentence word or one sentence kind of sort of takeaway here is James Harden is now a Brooklyn Net. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I I'll, I'll be honest. I was surprised as as it dialed up and it started to just all of a sudden become a, very much a reality. And because we've been talking about Kyrie and what's been going on and what that means for this team and what does it look like. And this, this almost felt like the the thing that had been put to bed from a Brooklyn Nets perspective, that they had moved on from the James Harden idea and they were focused on this roster and what the team was going to look like this year and what moves they may look to make to strengthen their championship, uh, you know, viability. And then and then bang. Right. I, I 
I'm I'm all over the place on my opinions on this. There, there's personal elements, I'll call them, when you talk about some of the players that are parting ways. But I, I guess, really, what are the bones of the deal? What, what are the trade, the, the draft picks, the players, the third team involved as well? I guess break down that for us first and foremost, right? Because the Nets gave up a lot to, to get the services of one Jim Harden. Sure, sure. They did, they did and they didn't. So they, these, I'll just roll through what, uh, what everyone gets here real quick. So Rockets get, it's a, it ends up being a four-team trade uh, between the Rockets, Nets, Pacers, and Cavs. So the Rockets end up with Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum. Uh, they get Rodians, a little buried in the trade rumors. That, uh, or That's the, the sneaky the, one. The, That's the sneaky ad <laughs> there. That's the real buried of the lead. Sneaky Kuruks pull for the Houston. That's the, they, do you think that was the thing that just held up the trade? Just sitting on whether or not they could give up the... <laughs> yeah, listen, if I'm, not, if I'm not getting Rodians, I, I, no, I, I will not move forward with the deal. Brooklyn also gives up three first rounders uh, in 22, 24, and 26. And they also give up four uh, first round swaps, meaning you just need to swap whoever has the better of the two. If you have the worst of the two draft picks, you swap them. So, you know, as my buddy James said, that's a coin flip that you'll always lose. But um, draft swaps are, a, they're only terrible if, if you're if there's a super huge difference between them. And if we're projecting out to 2027, what are you going to do? So in the end, the Nets give up. And then, by the way, okay, so the Pacers get, oh, sorry, the Nets send off Karis. Um, there's so much to talk about here. I'm gonna, if, I get, <laughs> Easy, if I get turned around. big fella. Yeah. Easy. Sorry. If it sounds like you're listening on two speed, you're not. It's just me talking <laughs> super fast. <laughs> that's just the way, that's the way it's going. So you don't need to just go and maybe you want to dial it back to half speed if you're listening on, on, the, uh, on one of the apps. Uh, the Nets get rid of it with along with the picks. They uh, send Karis Levert off to the Pacers, and Jarrett Allen is off to the Cavs along with Torian Prince, who is in there to help match some money. And the Nets bring home James or bring home his new home, uh, take in James Harden. So that's the bones of the trade. A huge deal. Um, I I don't know where you want to start here because it's simultaneously a monster deal. It's a ground shift, uh, shifting thing for the Nets. I don't feel like they they gave up a lot, and I don't know how much they gave up. And mm-hmm. I don't know what are your thoughts when you when you saw the package that gets shifted. Forget the Exum and all that. I would actually just even remove Rodian. So whatever. Oh, when you look at the when you look at Le- <laughs> yeah, sorry. Why, even, why, why, why do we even bother breaking it down, Doug? If you're gonna leave it out, no. <laughs> say, all oh. you Rodian stands can just say that he was an afterthought, <laughs> but whatever. The uh, when you see what let's essentially call this James Harden for. Uh, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Torian Prince, and three first-round draft picks. So, and it could end up being seven first-rounders if it, if it get, things look really bleak for Brooklyn uh, in in the end. Well, it'll always yes. be the first round, but they could be lottery picks and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on ultimately the package that they gave up to to bring in James Harden? Yeah, because I think that there's there's my thoughts around the players and guys that I you know as a, as a fan of the Nets have grown attached to over the years. And then there's kind of the 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 micro macro maybe examination of it. And we'll get into it over the course of this episode. But the the picks piece is the first thing to touch on, and this is something that evolved for me. I think going back to the previous iteration of this podcast and thinking about draft picks, and when you go back and examine who gets what in the first round, and after you get outside of the first seven or eight guys, it's kind of a a coin flip, as you said. The picks piece doesn't really matter to me, right? Like I I feel like a lot of fans, and I, I heard from a couple of, of relatives that are Nets fans. That said, man, that's a lot. Those are a lot of picks to give up. No, it's and not. that was the first thing that I that I didn't care about, right? That's 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 the last thing that I'm really concerned with when you're getting a, a player of this caliber. Yeah. Okay. So this one's easy for me. They just got James Harden and gave up 
speculative stuff on the back end that you mm-hmm. can usually figure out how to gain back in some shape or form. By the way, Houston just figured out how to get all their first rounders back in one fell swoop. Right. <laughs> right. So if you just want to use the comparison about how you get draft picks back, Houston just did it by sending him off, sending this guy off to the Nets. Do you always have generational talents like that? No. From a from a strictly talent standpoint, on a on let's say a two year timeline, this isn't even close that the Nets won. That yeah. It's not even close. It's it is an absolute home run. There's nothing else. Point stop. Anybody can at me. Look, we can talk about culture. We can talk about is he a good fit? Is the attitude right? We're going to get to this stuff later in the podcast. Here, we're going to get to all the other things you ask about. Okay, right. but this is an from absolute talent, win for the Brooklyn Nets. From a talent going out the door to talent coming in the door standpoint, this is you. You got James Harden for forty cents on the dollar. Like it yeah. is. It's they. They didn't send. I love. I love Karis Levert. I love Jared Allen. I called Jared Allen the Nets' third star last. But that maybe last week. It could have been three days ago. I don't know. Time is a construct <laughs> uh, in in the way that we currently operate. But the the fact that they brought in James Harden for effectively the next two years with the KD timeline very much in doubt, like this. And by the way, we'll start factoring in the part where maybe this makes it more likely that KD is still remains a net for a long time. Like this is. They sent out, I hate to say this because I take this with the spirits intended. They sent out nothing talent wise to bring back James Harden. Right. Like, do you know what I mean? The like Karis LeVert was not closing games for this team. Jared Allen, I mean, should have been starting for years, but they just, you know, and they were finally figuring it out. And maybe they boosted his trade value a little bit here near the end. But in the end, what did the Nets really lose besides some really cool character dudes that I'm, I'm very bummed to see go? But beyond that, talent wise, like, you can't. I, if, if I'm at a loss for words, it's only because there's no comparison. They didn't send out anything to get back one of the top, I mean, God, at worst, 10, and it's way higher than that, <laughs> best players in the game. Like This is, from a talent-wise, future be damned, this is not even close in terms of what the Nets got back in the trade. No, and I think that that's, that, that is what we're going to get into next, is the 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 background stuff, right? The, the, the meat of this is... The Nets got one of the best players in the league. They've maybe helped solidify what Kevin Durant's future looks like with this organization. And they've also skyrocketed their opportunity to go after an NBA title this season and next season as well. That's like the short term, amazing, incredible. Go ahead and lock it up. And then there's all the other stuff that I get. And you're going to hear me talk out of both sides of my mouth when we get into the next couple of segments, because I do have the mixed emotions. I can get there mentally and I'll always come back to this guy makes the team incredibly better. It helps improve our chances. That's, that's what the ultimate goal is. And I do have the pure fan. I do have the pure fan in me that, that wants to look at it from all of those other angles that are fair to bring up and we'll get into them. We'll get into them just after this and continue to break down what is an enormous day, right? For whatever it's going to be, it's enormous day in Brooklyn Nets history. And by the way, it's a new year, obviously, and everyone is trying to to make themselves better, make themselves healthier. The Brooklyn Nets are trying to make themselves better. I know that much, at least on paper. And I may need a little bit of relaxation, a little bit of meditation to help get me through what is a bit of a circus in Brooklyn. And that's where Headspace comes in. It is Headspace, the only meditation app 
in the advancing fields of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation is, whether you're trying to deal with the Brooklyn Nets and what's happening, or it's just a personal day-to-day trying to keep your head on straight, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. I've been doing these since we we kind of had this product introduced to us. Sometimes it ends up being something of a slow a slow burn for yours truly. I started waking up every morning, flipping open the app, and just using the meditation. It lets me just kind of relax myself, start my day off on a beautiful fresh kind of feeling and reset my mind before I take on the day's work. You deserve to feel happier and the Headspace meditation app is made simple. So you can go over to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditation for every situation. All right, in the vein of trying to stay calm also, I know something that sometimes the thing that can really get me worked up is trying to do work on my car. I Everyone knows, at least that knows me in my regular life, I'm not a car guy, but I've kind of become a car guy in recent years because I realize there's a ton of stuff you can do in your car if you just put in a little bit of research and then have a place like Rock Auto at your disposal. So a lot of times the car can be this insurmountable sort of thing that you can't solve. I know a couple of YouTube videos and heading over to Rock Auto has made me be able to fix a bunch of stuff that just avoided going to the mechanic and trying to figure out if that was if I was getting charged the right thing or not. So right now, if you go over to Rock Auto, they're going to give you the best deals on just about any piece or in any part for any car out there. They have a really easily searchable database. You type in your year, your make, uh, and you're set to go, and it'll just give you the list of everything you need. And the best part about it is you're not going to pay those wholesale prices that you might find at your local place that sells auto parts. Now, you're going to get 30%, 50%, even 100% off. uh, It's 100% difference off of what you're going to pay at some of those places. Right now, you go to rockauto.com for any of your car part needs. And when they ask you, how did you hear about us? You just typed in locked on like the podcast network we're on. So when they say, how did you hear about this? That's it. You just go typed in locked on. They'll let you know rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And of course, before we dive back in here to the conversation, got to remind everybody that it is 2021. 2020 is now mercifully over, and that means that we can start thinking about a fresh look and a few more wins. And listen, you just got James Harden, so the Brooklyn Nets could be thinking about a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more of those Ws, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Here is the part where I start talking out both sides of my head, Doug, because we covered it. James Harden, great. Better chance to win. Fantastic. From a sentimental, and I I said this over on Twitter, that I've always had a problem when these things happen, when trades happen, when the even when the offseason happened and you talk about eh, D'Angelo Russell a little bit different. He kind of came and went here with the Nets, but specifically around Jared Allen, I've had and, and probably still will have some type of sentimental attachment to him because he was this young wafer thin player that we brought in. He's only 22 years old and His growth, his maturity, what his game has evolved into in so many ways felt representative of of what this organization had accomplished leading up to that last massive offseason for them. And and now 
you know, now he's gone, right? Now he's not a part of this. Now you don't think about him in another six, seven, eight years still being this anchor on the roster. Not dissimilarly, by the way, to when I had to say goodbye to Brooke Lopez when he went out to the LA Lakers for a stint and ultimately made his way to, to Milwaukee. He was a guy that the Nets had drafted. He was a part of the foundation of the organization. And as the team tried to, and this can be a bit of a, a bad flashback for Nets fans, right? As the Nets tried to make the big splash and make the big moves and win a title, it came at the cost of a lot of those type of core players. And ultimately in that incarnation of the Nets, it did not pay off with the ultimate goal of the championship. And I think you actually said the piece that's the, that ends up being the truth right at the end there, which is when your ultimate goal is to win a championship because that's what sports is essentially about, right? Is to get to the promised land. Not for every, not for every franchise. Every franchise has different markers along the way. I think that there's, you know, teams that sort of know who they are and fan bases who know who they are, and they're just like that, you know, you're looking to scrape out maybe wins along the margins or feel good moments along the margins, and that's kind of all you're gonna hope for. That's not the situation here with the Nets, and so I agree with you that it looks. I, I'm sad to see Jared Allen go. I was loving the way that he was progressing. He, we talked about this many times. He was turning himself into at least statistically a star in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and that's, there's you know, the proof was just in sort of the PER pudding on some of that stuff and win shares and, and whatnot. And so I, I'm, it's a bummer. I Lavert, I, I loved kind of watching his game. I loved, loved watching how he was beginning to mature and to sort of be able to take over games. The bubble was awesome because of what Lavert did. Mm-hmm. And again, I just got to always go back to there's only a certain group of people that or group of players that can play at the level that you need to have a certain amount of guys to basically win a championship. And it is it does end up sort of being a talent statistical math problem that you're trying to work out. Has James Harden ever been there? No. Has he been close? Yeah. I have other concerns besides that. And so, yeah, I'm with you on the part where. Look, I haven't really been a fan of a team for a long time. That this doing this podcast with you for the last few years has gotten me into Nets fandom. So that's the only I never would have thought about this anything other than the what I thought about the bones of the trade. So I, I'm with you that it, it was cool to watch this growth. The 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 I guess the counter that I would have is the growth and the maturity and the blossoming of it is what made the trade possible, right? <laughs> because yeah. if you're not like otherwise, the trade's not possible at all. If he's just some dude that was, you know, a mid round first draft, mid first round draft pick, you know, Lavert kind of the same way that never really got anywhere. Then we're not, you're not even in the situation to begin with, right? Like sometimes this is the function that you need to have from an organizational hierarchy to be able to climb the talent ladder. So, yeah, I'm with you. It sucks. I wish that, I love watching them play. I love what he was bringing up. You know, the the the, the you know mid range floater stuff in the lane, use the left hand. Like, look, we we've, we've watched this guy more than anybody else, you know, out there. And you brought in James Harden, so how how yeah. sad can you how sad can you be? Now, I, look, do we want to talk about the problems with bringing in James Harden? <laughs> there's there's some question marks here. I, I you know like I I we'd be remiss well, if we didn't say is this a slam dunk from a fit piece, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I like I think that that I think that actually is the thing that gives me the most pause. Yeah, well, and listen, if 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 Kevin Durant is on board with this, then you're on board with it, right? I mean, they, they've talked about this a lot, especially around the, the Kyrie piece that's been going on over the last few weeks. And I, I do think that 
Kevin Durant is, of course, well, listen, he's the best player on the team, obviously, but I do think that it's kind of basically, if he's good with it, I don't mean, oh, are you good with James Harden coming in? Of course, that, that conversation happened, but I just mean, like, if he's good day to day, if he's good game to game, if he's good week to week, then everything else is cool in a lot of ways. Now, that doesn't mean that I organizationally love that, but again, a lot of people that were crying, crying out about, and rightfully so, but saying, hey, you know, Kyrie is running the organization. Kevin Durant's running the organization. We, we talked about this at the time last offseason. Of course they are. Like, I mean, that, that's the way that the NBA specifically is built. And one of the things around that idea of the young players and building, right? The NBA is not the place where you draft in the players you build around them through the draft and you win championships with homegrown talent. The NBA is about talent acquisition. So this is just the blueprint of how you win championships. So you can you can cry over that now if you want, but this is the reality. And the Harden piece, it's interesting because we were already dealing with something with Kyrie Irving right now. You throw into the mix of what he was willing to do in terms of dismissing his fitness and maybe just being lackadaisical about everything that was going on in Houston. You can make the case that that's, that's, that's awful and it's a bad personality, bad look and everything else. I will also say that everyone who points to the idea of you show up, you're getting paid to, you know, you're getting paid. This is your job. You show up and do it. That is true. What is also true is that NBA players, unlike me at my job, I can walk in and say, hey, I don't like it here anymore. I quit. I'm going to go find a new job to work at. That's not the way this is. So the mechanisms to get yourself out of what you feel is a bad situation I think inevitably can look like this more often than not. Yeah, and he's coming off. Um, you can't make any excuses for what just happened for him in Houston. There's, there's, it's, it's borderline inexcusable when you look at it from a just sort of an optics standpoint. It was, mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. By the way, when you talk about stars running the league, they're stars running an organization. Uh, James Harden just ran Houston right back into a rebuilding phase, uh, like yeah. as one dude. Right, he just did this. He. Brought, they got in all the guys that he wanted. It didn't work out. Maybe it was a little unlucky with the Chris Paul injury uh, you know, three years ago when he goes down in the playoffs, whatever it's going to be. But in the end, they made all the moves that he wanted. It didn't work out, and he wanted out, and that's just not a great look. So, uh, again, this is why I'm like – this is why I've been very – I've been very specific in the – sort of like my tone here is to say mm-hmm. talent versus other stuff. And I think that there's – it's just two totally different conversations. The talent is there's no conversation about it. The Nets win yep. the talent. The Nets win the talent game every, every single time here. It's the other stuff that you do have to be a little bit worried about whether a guy has an on-off switch <laughs> that you want to see because dude has been off. He's been fully off mode <laughs> since this season. It's only been eight games, but no dimmer. Off- no dimmer. Full off switch. <laughs> yeah, and we'll go. I'll go through a couple <laughs> of the stats here in a second. Got to talk about our friends over at BetOnline.ag right now. You go to BetOnline.ag. Brooklyn odds to win the Atlantic Division minus one forty. They have not updated the um, overall championship odds yet. I would say the Nets probably ended up climbing up a little bit, uh, but when it comes to just overall betting odds right now, Brooklyn over at BetOnline.ag. Probably all things when it's all said and done, they will be the second best favorite in the uh, in the East, and that to me makes sense. We'll see where it lands, but this is the kind of stuff you can get on BetOnline.ag. You want to put a little um, cheddar where your where your mouth is? Is that what they say? No, delicious. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, they're t- delicious. T- t- tastes good, and you make some money sometimes. Well, exactly. What better what better way to spend your time? 
Uh, BetOnline.ag's got all the stuff up, lines, player props, everything covered. Got a big NFL weekend coming up as well. It's all there for you at BetOnline.ag. It's the only site we trust, and you should too. Right now, you go to BetOnline.ag. They're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus, but you have to type in the promo code LOCKEDON, just like the podcast network we're on. Locked on for that 50% welcome bonus. Go and visit betonline.ag, the best sports book around. Now, if you want to get basketball smart in light of the recent Harden trade, you want to hear the best of the best talking about it, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, of course. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. I'm sure there's some numbers to crunch around the incoming numbers of one James Harden. Subscribe to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts. The The last piece then for me, obviously, is, is this roster and is what this looks like on the court for Brooklyn. We When we talked about the idea of a James Harden, of a, of a Beal, of any of these guys, I think what we both came back to is the idea of, yes, it makes you insanely more a better team, and everyone says yes to those trades, and also... What we've seen with consistency this season early on is the lack of size, the lack of length. And oh, by the way, once you move out, you took away your primary score in the second unit in Karis LeVert. So just got to identify who's going to replace that production. And then also Jared Allen is now gone out of the five. Just, just established that starting role that we all waited so long for. And now it's going to be, at least in the short term, DeAndre Jordan. Do you think that this is this is obviously the largest domino that has to fall here, but that the Brooklyn Nets are going to make a handful of additional moves to balance out this roster behind now, Harden, KD, and presumably at some point, Kyrie? Well, you have to think they're going to be one of the best buyout candidate destinations around, right? So when they get late season, they're not they're, they have no more powder. The powder's no longer dry when it comes to the trade deadline. That's okay. You just traded for James Harden, so you shouldn't really have much left after that. Or or the Rockets would not have done enough if you had more a ton more to trade <laughs> right at the end of <laughs> right. at the end of it because that would have been folly on their part. Because by the way, if you look at what the Nets gave up compared to what let's say the Bucks gave up for Drew Holiday, it really wasn't a ton more. Uh, they they gave up maybe not as young assets, but they gave up Bledsoe, George Hill's not, you know, young at this point. Uh and um uh, Bledsoe Hill Oh, who's the, fourth, who's the third guy? I can't remember now. Um, I'm blowing this, but um, ah, whatever. It doesn't matter. They they gave up. They ended up I, stay, up I stayed silent in support of my co-host. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I had this. I thought I had. Um, but but uh, maybe, so it was just blood, so before, maybe it was Bledsoe. Maybe it was Bledsoe. It was confused me is that Stephen Adams ended up becoming. It was a three team. It was a it was a three team trade, and he ended up becoming part of it. Anyway, oh yes. Um. So they end up, but they it was a, for two two picks and two swaps. So essentially, you have two first rounders more and two two more swaps. So when you look at you know the overall package. I wouldn't say it's insanely different considering the difference in skill for these two guys. Rounding out the rest of the roster is probably going to be an issue. Uh, they're going to have to they're going to have to go strong in the buyout market, like you know, like we saw the Clippers and the Lakers try to do at the end of last year with guys like Marcus Morris was a dude like this. Well, I guess they ended up trading a first rounder for him. Markeith was a buyout guy. He ended up closing games for them. So I think there will be players available. I saw Trevor Ariza's name floated around before. I think there will be players available. This is far from a perfect team. They were already struggling defensively at times. This does not make them better defensively. It makes them better offensively because you can't really ever take a break now because you have two of the five best offensive players in all of basketball, probably more if we're just going a little bit higher. 
I guess actually my bet, my, I haven't going to go, I know we're going to talk about roster. I think we'll end up talking roster another day. I want to give another, I want to take this another direction that I, we did not talk about this ahead of time. Where All does right, Kyrie so. factor in here now? Well, we're, we're, what's, you know, what's, <laughs> this is like the elephant in the room that we haven't really talked about. We're, you know, a bunch of minutes into this and we have a whole season left to discuss, but like, where does, what happens now? Is this, the, man, I'm so confused. Like well, the so Kyrie me, situation so me has me so this. confused because these three guys in the court now is offensively unstoppable. It's defensively a disaster unless you have two really locked down guys, which they don't have. But beyond that, where does this leave Kyrie? Like, do we ever see him come back? I, we have three podcasts worth of material here. So we're going to end up probably talking about this tomorrow. By the way, Knicks game is going on now. We haven't even talked about it. <laughs> I'm watching it in the background as a record, just so everyone understands the timing. But what what's the state of this Nets team when it comes to Kyrie? I'm so This is the piece that I just actually can't wrap my head around the most. Well, also, I'll state... I'll state a theory about it that you can respond to. I, I do, as you said the other day, I, there it is not a zero chance that Kyrie just never steps on the court again. Not just for the Brooklyn Nets, maybe insane to say, but true, right? Like it's insane, right? Yeah. Like and, and I agree. Like I understood. Yeah, to get just like that is the context of it, right? I I understand it's totally insane to say it, and also there's a possibility that could be a truth or a reality. So. My hypothesis on this, which is it's weird because it's James Harden and maybe the Nets could have pursued a Beal if they wanted to and maybe go with a guy uh, that hasn't been as tumultuous in his time with his team. But I almost thought that there's been some reports that the Nets are, are increasingly unhappy right now with Kyrie Irving. There was a clip of, of uh, by the way, of Jared Allen saying that like we support our, our teammate and we're looking forward to him getting better. I don't know if he realized that uh, he was going to be moved you know, relatively quickly after that. But I think there's a world where the Nets organization is setting up and saying, we need to be concerned about retaining Kevin Durant beyond this first contract. We need to be concerned about staying competitive and pursuing championships with Kevin Durant this year, yep. next year, and hopefully beyond that. If we can't rely on Kyrie Irving, the one thing that you do get in James Harden is a dude that's on the court every single night balling out. Like, at the very least, for whatever it is in his personality and what went on in Houston, this guy does love to play basketball. And, and that's one thing that we obviously know right now is a question mark for Kyrie Irving. So w- would it be reasonable to say that the Nets organization, following what went on with Kyrie, what's gone on with Kyrie and continues to be, obviously, a situation for them? Is it reasonable to think that they maybe low-grade pushed the panic button and said, let's go get this guy? let's go ahead and stockpile ourselves so that at worst we've got all three of these dudes and watch out or we end up with still having two incredibly talented players that we know we can build and win championships around in the short and long term yeah i i 100 percent long-winded agree. this episode i apologize. no 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 it's, it's it wasn't long-winded it actually mirrors my thoughts so just a quick timeline thing here today so today we're recording this wednesday um, Wednesday is the one day that I take off basically from doing, doing basketball <laughs> stuff. And I was down at my dad's and I was driving down there and I got a text from you or excuse me, I got a phone call and phone call from you either means my sister-in-law is dead or there's been a big Nets thing. Like there's really probably <laughs> yeah, no in between. Right? <laughs> like there's, and it might not be that order. You never know. You know? <laughs> I would hope it wouldn't be. So the, the, um, and, and so when you're calling and I, and I look, I got this stuff on my phone 
up like a million different alerts and just happen to not be looking at this one moment as I'm driving and I get the call from you and it's like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening on the one. I'm just literally around the computer every <laughs> single day. So we and I, and, and I'm visiting the family and I, that's just, that's just the way my day was going to be. Right. So I've just, and I try to be pretty good about checking out of stuff when that's the case that today made it very, very difficult, but I'm, I'm, I'm giving this roundabout way to say this. You and I have not discussed any of our feelings about this at all. Right. We just basically no. said, this is our first chance to talk today when I got home and we're just going to hit the record button and away you go. And so we did not actually discuss this Kyrie thing. And I a hundred percent agree that this, I mean, Harden kicked, Harden pushed the timeline. He was the, he was the ultimate catalyst because he came out Tuesday and basically said the Rockets suck and I want out. (laughs) That was like, (laughs) it does make it hard to keep a guy. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing his, um, his interview, but it was like, I'm not playing another game. These guys stink. And I'm out of here, which is wrong of him. And another reason I have some like mild concerns about this, but I had the exact same thought around the Kyrie thing where I was like, oh, I wonder if that plus this is where we dovetail into why this happened so quickly and why the Nets probably just said, we'll just keep anting up the price as high as you want to go. Because I think I think short of not knowing what's going on in the situation and only being able to read tea leaves, you can't think anything else. The situation has turned yeah. really bad really quickly with Kyrie. And look, we've been on the Kyrie apology train for a little bit here. So it's not even it's not even me just dumping on the guy. I, it's more that I think it's the same thing. It's there's probably some sense that mm, we might have not known what we were buying here. Right. And mm-hmm. it's not really working out. And the timelines are starting to look weird. By the way, Anthony Puccio, who's the absolute best, had a great comparison the last year where Kyrie sat out of eight weeks with an injury that we never got any news about. Right. And so yeah. I never had really thought about that piece until he wrote that. And I was like, man, that's totally spot on. I, I guess we, does this it almost mirrors the exact timing too, in terms of how many games in it's this, this sort of happened. And I've thought, I wonder if the, these, this combination of pieces, right. Like you said, man, okay. It's time to seek out another Kevin Durant placation piece. And yeah. This just turned out to be it because if we're looking at future, this might end up being the future and, you know, for whatever it's worth that. Yeah, I just don't know how Kyrie figures in here. It's so weird. Maybe we'll have to say this for another podcast. Like, I just don't know how it figures in. How does he walk back in and just start playing with these dudes? Is it just all normal? Like, I just don't I can't imagine how it is. This is now one of the most personality wise. It's it's a powder keg. This is not this is not going to be. Is it no longer this... the misfit island of media toys that we? Oh fell no! In love now with? we're in. Now we're in <laughs> superstar. Now we're in superstar. You know, backstage of almost famous. And when you're looking at the band, kind of all talking, figuring out who's the, you know, who's the lead singer with Mystique, and you know who's the front guy, and all this stuff. Like you're, you know, who's on the t-shirt. Jason Lee the... just, just you know, always got bagged in that one. You know, well, who's just the guy? Who's the yeah? Who's, who are just the fuzzy guys in the back? You know, like we're just in a weird. We're in a weird moment here. <laughs> right. um, we're in a weird moment here with the Nets. Again, talent-wise, it's it, there's no discussion. But this is the, this this is not solved yet, right? This is we have a lot more. There's more to come here with this story. Even if the Nets won the talent, the you know when it comes down to the talent, you know scale they, that's easily tipping in their their favor. Personality and uh, other stuff scales. I'm I'm not totally sure about it. 
Well, yeah, and listen, you want you want future show teases, um, you know, Steve Nash and what it looks like to be the head coach during these circumstances. Big picture, long term, do Sean Marks and, and Joseph Sy have confidence about we can build this thing up right now to its pinnacle and then have it get torn down around us and rebuild it again, right? These are these are foundational questions for a team that is trying to have deep seated roots in a city that does have a dominant media attention team like the New York Knicks. So th- those are all. And by the way. Those fall underneath the category of ancillary things that you worry about when you get James Harden. In the short term, I, and listen, by the way, it's going to be a while before he's on the court because there's going to be the protocols before he can get onto the floor with the Brooklyn Nets. So we're going to have some time going into uh, the end of this week and next week to really dissect what this could look like. And maybe we will even see some additional moves from Brooklyn. Look, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about this Knicks game as we're, as we're recording right now. Uh, Brooklyn's up nine, heading into ha- getting close to halftime. Kitty has been an absolute yeah, suck it, again. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so good, man. Look, th- when we signed on to do the Nets podcast years and years ago, and then we finally came onto the Lockdown Network, this is exactly what we were hoping for, right? We were, exa- we were hoping for the Nets to take big swings and become a title team. There's no doubt that this is what just happened today. And that it follows or that it will have other pieces of intrigue around that just makes for a team that's going to be, if nothing else, super fun to talk about. Um, you know, results be damned. I'm going to go on record by saying it will be nothing if not uninteresting going forward uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. In the meantime, if you want to help the podcast, rate and review it. Five stars or bust. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. You know how to do that. That's how you listen to your other podcasts. You just go over and hit subscribe. It ends up on your device every single day. You don't even need to think about it. So it's the easiest and freest way you can help the podcast. Hit like and subscribe to the podcast now. I didn't ask for this role, but I'll play it. Now you go and do your best. Be bold and mighty force will come to your aid. Go thee said that. That it is not too late for you to become a person of substance. Russell, please get my son home safely. Elaine Miller. One of the all-time great poets from one of the all-time great movies. Couldn't have thought of a better quote to end the podcast where the Nets get James Harden. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.